It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. before that great white throne the throne that's been established from eternity the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance the angels the seraphim beauty everywhere the river of fire that flows from your throne Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter
right, praise God, we're back. And just want to welcome you back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. And it's about 10.30 or a few minutes past uh, Central Standard Time. We're broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas tonight. And just want to thank those of you that are in the chat room uh, or listening by phone. Of course, those that are listening later on archive, we just want to lift up a word of prayer and cover those of you that are listening tonight and just get you to agree with us for the will of God to be done. All right, praise God. Father, tonight, Lord God, we just ask your will be done and your kingdom come. Father, just as it is in heaven, Lord, we ask, let it be in the earth. Father, where everybody is listening, Father, in their homes, in their office, wherever they are, Father, let your Holy Spirit, Father, just surround them now. And Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you said that in your presence, there's fullness of joy. So, Father, we just say, Lord God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that the blood of Christ was shed. And we ask, Father God, tonight, Lord, rule and reign in our hearts. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord. Father, just help us to do what pleases you. And, Father, we just thank you, Father God, for everything that you're doing, Lord. Open our ears tonight. Open our eyes tonight that we would see the wonderful things in your word, see the wonderful things that are in your law, written in your your Bible, Father. We just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we just want to welcome you back. I know uh, we saw, I saw Patriot Greg in the chat room tonight. A few others. Looks like we've got a friend from Canada. And just want to thank you. Uh, we're, we're praying for Canada. Looks like British Columbia, Celestino. So, Father, we just ask your blessings over British Columbia tonight, over Canada. That you would just move in a mighty way, Lord. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for just expanding our Christian family, our listening audience. And we just speak blessings tonight to Canada and to Patriot Greg in New Jersey. We just thank you for New Jersey, Father. Just move in a mighty way up in New Jersey, Lord. On the East Coast, Father, we just say cover the East Coast, cover Canada, New Jersey with your glory. And we just thank you, Father God, for what you're doing, Lord, for those that are listening in Alaska. And we've got Singapore and different people, Lord, that are tuning in. Of course, those locally here in in Dallas and Texas and around the Metroplex. Father, we just ask, Lord God, Lord, that you would just cover the earth with your presence, cover the earth with your knowledge, let people know that, that there's a living Christ his name is Jesus. But people know that he's moving by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're moving, Father. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. Well, you can check out our website. We're at www.prayerinternational.org. You can always check out uh, the prayer request button, or you can email us and send in prayer requests or questions, comments, concerns. If you want to send in your information so we can try to stay in touch with you, uh, feel free to do so. And that address is prayerinternational at gmail.com. And the call-in number is 619-638-8458. Feel free to call in. Of course, when we're in our teaching uh, segments, we'll probably hold some of the calls. You can listen in through the phone. And when we break for music, we'll try to check. Sometimes we get a few calls at one time, so we might get a little backed up. But feel free to call in. And we'll try to take prayer requests and just hear what the Lord is speaking to your heart. And if we feel good about it, we might put it on the air or keep it in the screening room. But feel free to call in any time. Well, tonight we're going to continue. You know, I've been talking about intercession and spiritual birthing. I've been talking about praying in the promises of God. You know, we're entering in this new year, 2012. And new things are upon us. And God has declared some great and mighty things for this year. And so, you know, if we will begin to get into the Word and begin to declare and decree, and this is something I'm going to talk about tonight, declaring and decreeing, declaring and decreeing the Word of God. And my, my, the first uh, scripture I want to get into is actually going to be Psalm chapter 2. And let's see, I think this is, I'm just going to grab a Bible here. Looks like it's an NIV. All right, so Psalm chapter 2, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version. Okay. I left my Bible in my car tonight, so just got to go with it sometimes. It's one thing you're going to learn about Sean and myself and probably most of the people that come on to the show. We're just kind of laid back, you know. You just got to go with the flow and just trust God. So Psalm chapter 2, looks like we've got verse 7. Let's go with verse 7. David begins to declare some things and talk back to the Lord. He says, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. Now, in the King James Version, it says, I will declare and decree what the Lord has said to me. I want you to think about this. Here he says, I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. So he's going to verbally reverberate, reiterate, or talk back what God has already proclaimed. Or in King James Version, when he says, I will declare and decree what the Lord has said to me, what the Lord was saying to David, he was making a statement, I, this I will declare, and this I will decree. Now, there's something about declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord. It's if we go all the way back to the book of Exodus, God was real clear when he said, keep my word continually. Before your eyes, night and day, 
talks about it in the Proverbs, reiterates it in the Psalms, different Psalms, book of Exodus. You can go into the New Testament. Jesus was real clear about keeping the Father's word and hiding the Father's word inside of us and being one with the Father and obeying his commandments. And what am I saying about this? God responds to his word. He doesn't necessarily respond to our words or our decrees unless, of course, they're already in line or they're in line with what he's already decreed. See, there's something special about the power of our confession. And we've got to come to a place, I've got to come to a place, and my wife and I are learning this. We're, we're, We're in training, as all of us are, in the kingdom of God. See, although we're sons and daughters, of the Lord, the Bible says that we're fighting a good fight and we're waging a good warfare, that we're soldiers and that God's raising up an army in the same time. And sometimes we have to train and we have to build and learn disciplines in our lives and it's a progressive thing. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a month or two. Now, I do believe in the same time God is exponentiating things and what took some of us in, in the body 10 and 20 years, and I've been in the kingdom of God, I've been a Christian for 22 years, but what took some of us 10 and 20 years to to learn and to progress and to understand things, you know, nowadays people are learning it, and, and, it's, and they're learning in, in a few months, in a few years, what took some of us decades of mistakes, and decades of trial and error, and, you know, joining ourselves to denominations that had not necessarily misinformation, but just partial information. They didn't necessarily give you the whole picture because of lack of understanding or just straight out thinking that, you know, that certain things in the Lord had stopped. Okay, but I'm here to say this. God's promises are yes and amen. Okay, and the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. But there's something about taking God's promises and declaring and decreeing them and sticking them into the earth. Now David said this, Psalm chapter 2, verse 7. He says, and again, I'm, I'm going to be in the NIV version. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise and be warned, you rulers of the earth. Stir the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry. I'll just stop there. And the son is capital, talking about Jesus. And that word kiss. Okay, remember there's certain words in, in Greek and Hebrew that have multi meanings. But check out the word kiss 
in Greek or even the word kiss in Hebrew, and it's the same word they use for worship. Prosukio, prosukio, however you want to pronounce it, prosukio in Greek. The word is to kiss. It's also the same word for worship. And the picture is in Hebrew, or Greek, I'm sorry, when a dog licks his master's hand, or a dog licks his master's hand, that's prosecutio, prosecutio, to kiss. It's it's a, a subservient role. It's a place of humility. It's a place of vulnerability. And see, when we begin to learn... I'm just going to get into this for a minute. We'll we'll get back into intercession. But this is part of intercession. This is part of prayer. Is learning to worship God first. Learning to humble ourselves before the Lord. Learning to give glory and honor and praise to the Lord before we dare ask Him for a thing. But just to honor Him and thank Him. See, what does the Bible say? It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and enter his courts with praise. And if we're going to come into the place of God, the court of the Lord, if we're going to come into where God is, come into the Holy of Holies, before we can even get to the Holy of Holies, we're going to go through the gate and go through the inner court and the outer court and the inner court. And God says, when you come through the gate and you come through the court, you got to come in with, with thanks. you got to come in with praise. Or you can't even come in. And so there's certain protocol. When, when a common man or a common woman went before a king or goes before a king, they don't just walk into the court of the king and walk right on up and high-five the king and say, Hey, king. Uh, I need uh, an extension on my taxes this year. Or I need, hey, king, high five. I need, you know, this land to be divided or whatever the case is. No, there's a certain protocol. They come in, they wait. As soon as they're called up, as soon as they're called on, they come before the king. Then they bow and they present themselves. Even in Asian cultures, what do they do when when two people greet? They bow before they even speak to one another. They have enough common courtesy. Even before a fight in an Asian, let's say, uh, martial arts. Now think about this. Even in martial arts, before two enemies come before each other, they have enough courtesy to bow to one another out of respect. Now think about this. If, if enemies or if a greeting has enough respect one to another to bow to somebody before they speak, and if an earthly king has a protocol for people to bow before him and his courts before they speak, then how much more the king of kings, how much more our heavenly father, how much more the God of the universe, shouldn't we Now, before our king, shouldn't we honor and praise our king? Shouldn't we bring thanksgiving 
to our king before we bring our petitions and our list of what we want and what we need. I believe that the Lord is just calling us to become grateful, thankful worshipers. And I I didn't know I was going here, but I believe this is going to have to be intertwined in your intercession and intertwined in your prayers and intertwined in your Bible study and all your church going. Because, see, God is looking for hearts that are his. God's looking for people that will praise. And he says, I inhabit the praise of my people. He inhabits the praise of his people. God inhabits. That means he dwells. He lives there. That's the place. That's the thing that he loves. That's the thing that he loves. And so that's the thing that he has. Hearts that are fully his. Seek ye my face. David said, hey, Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, my heart said, your face, the Lord, will I seek. We need to have hearts like that. We We need to have hearts like that. So worshipful watchers, worshipful praisers, grateful, thankful, gracious people. See, attitude of gratitude will get you a long way in the kingdom of God. See, I believe God, although he's merciful and although he's compassionate and although he's forgiving and although he's long-suffering, God's looking for grateful people. You ever notice when you do something for somebody and they tell you thank you? But I really appreciate what you've done for me. How much more does it want make you want to serve them or do for them? But the person that doesn't say thank you, the person that acts like no big deal, or even maybe they just kind of take advantage and like it's not even a thing or almost like that it's expected of you, you don't want to do as much. You know, even even in my marriage, I find this out with my wife, right? You know, just the way that I talk to her, the way that I treat her, goes a long way. If I if I'm ugly or demanding or expecting, then her reaction to me isn't as pleasant. She doesn't always, you know, want to serve and, and honor me as much, although she may just to serve me and honor me because she's my wife. But when I'm thankful and grateful and I praise her and I thank her and tell her, hey, I appreciate what you've done, well, then, you know, she she's constantly doing for me. And I think, you know, when, when in our own lives, when we do that with others and others respond that way with us, you know, and they're thankful for the things that we do for them, it makes us want to do more. Well, God, the Lord, our Jesus, now, even the Holy Spirit, the way he responds to us, they respond to thankfulness. They respond to gratefulness. They respond to attitude of gratitude 
And I'm telling you, it'll get you a long way in the kingdom when God sees somebody's gratefulness for their salvation. When God sees somebody's gratefulness for the, the food on their table. When God sees somebody's gratefulness. And I'm not talking to you about this like a law or like it's this this burden of thankfulness. Or oh, you could go to be No. It's just it's just common sense. And I'm learning this. My wife and I are learning this just in every day with the Lord and with people and each other. It's just part of life. But having an attitude of gratitude, having an, uh, an attitude of worship and thankfulness towards the Lord weighs into our prayer life, weighs into God's response to our prayers. Oh, yeah. How we respond to people and how we act towards people. You know, God says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. You know, Jesus said, remember when Jesus talked about prayer? He said, if you have any aunt with your brother, if you have any problem with your brother, then you go make your peace with your brother before you bring your gift to the altar. God says, don't even bother bringing your sacrifice or your gift to the altar until you've made your peace with that person you've got problems with. And it's it's a spiritual principle. Jesus said, forgive so you can be forgiven. Why? Because he wants us to have a clear conscience before the Lord, a clear conscience before God. Why? Because when we have an open, clear conscience, then we can have the ability to hear God. We can have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit. God can speak into our conscience and direct us and lead us and guide us in peace. He can direct us and lead us guide us in a still, small voice, in a still, peaceful way. But if we're frazzled on the inside and we're not at peace, we don't have a clear conscience because of sin or because of some division or schism we have with somebody in the kingdom or a brother or sister in the Lord or a spouse or a family member or somebody, a friend. Well, then that puts walls up between us and God. And God says, I, I can't even honor your prayer. Now, why am I saying this? Yes, we have the blood of Jesus. Yes, we have forgiveness in Christ. Yes, we can come to God based on the virtue of the blood of Jesus, and that's the only way we can come to God. But God says, when you come to me, yes, we bring the sacrifice, and our sacrifice is the blood of Jesus. It's already the sacrifice that's been shed for us. But we also bring the sacrifice of praise. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We bring a sacrifice of praise. We we bring ourselves unto God. But we've got to make sure, just like when they brought the sacrifice unto God, he said, bring the sacrifice of the lamb without spot or blemish. We need to apply the blood of Jesus and ask the Lord forgiveness and begin to seek out restitution with our with our God, first of all, 
and with my brothers and sisters, second of all, in the spirit of Christ, in the spirit of grace, the spirit of forgiveness, so that God will receive our prayers. And listen, when we're in unity with our spouse, when we're in unity with our church, or our brothers and sisters in the Lord, and there's no divisions, then it adds power. It adds power to our prayers. It adds power to our prayers. God said one can put a thousand to fight, but two can put ten thousand. So there's an exponential power that happens spiritually when we join together in unity and pray. But if there's divisions and if there's problems, then it, it stuffs the power. That's why it's important. See, this is all part of prayer. This is all part of an intercession. How you relate to people is just as important as how you relate to God. And it's just as important as how you relate to your prayer life. Because if you don't have those things right, you'll wonder why your prayers never get answered. There's certain little things we need to really check. And we've got to wonder why our prayers don't get answered. Sometimes that, that could be part of it. Obedience and disobedience to what the Lord's leading us to do plays a big part in our prayers getting answered sometimes. Now, I'm not saying we don't cry mercy and grace. God still doesn't answer our prayers because he loves us. Sometimes God gives us instructions to obey, and the answer to our prayers is tied to answering those instructions. The answers to our prayers are tied to obeying the instructions or or being with a certain people or in a certain church or in a certain job or doing a certain thing that the Lord assigns us to do. And at the other end of that is a blessing or an opportunity to bring Christ into somebody's life or an opportunity to bring work or finances or some type of miracle or who knows what, but some answer to prayer on all kinds of different levels. But before we bring our petitions to God, we need to learn to worship and and honor the Lord. And before we just come in singing and bringing any sacrifice, God says obedience is better than sacrifice. The heart is better than the fat of rams. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Being yielded before your God. Being broken and vulnerable before God and being open and genuine and truthful before people. We all need to learn that on different levels. We all need to to mature in those things. We all need to advance and, and progress in different areas like that. All of us do. But to all of this is benefit, all of this brings progress to our prayer life. In turn, it helps our communication with God, helps our communication with the Holy Spirit, helps our communication with people, and it brings the kingdom into our lives. It brings the peace and the presence of God. It brings the promises of God, the answers to our prayers begin to happen, all of a sudden 
the, the people that the Lord ordained to be in our lives. We've got peace and unity and harmony among the people in our lives. And we begin to see the things of God advance. We begin to see the things of God progress. And we in turn see the kingdom of God built and established not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. And see, that's how God is going to fulfill his plan. He says he wants his glory and his knowledge to cover the earth, just like the waters cover the sea, but he's going to do it one person at a time. He's going to do it one person at a time that's filled with his glory and filled with his knowledge and filled with his love. He'll do it one church at a time, one household, one family at a time, one one couple, one, one marriage, one husband and wife at a time. Maybe he'll do a whole city at a time or raise up a whole community of people. But listen, that's how he's going to cover the whole earth, with his glory, because his glory is inside of us. His glory is in his people. And as we step up to the plate, as we communicate with God and get full of his presence, and full of his glory. And we begin to cooperate with him in prayer. And we begin to obey him as he leads us and guides us. And as we have a right attitude towards the people in our lives and the people he places around us. And as long as we're sensitive and obedient to pray and to share and to care for other people. So you're called to do three things in this this earth, prayer, communicate with God, and fellowship with God, connect with God, care, reach out to people in a caring, real way, and share, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and share the love, and share the, the hope that you have, and as you pray for people, and as you care for people, and as you share with people, then God's kingdom comes. And God's will is done here on earth just as it is in heaven. And his glory begins to cover the earth. And his love and his character begins to manifest. So we're going to go ahead and go into a time of worship for a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and break for a song. If you're just tuning in, my name is Chris Herzog. This is Prayer International Radio. And we're just talking about prayer and different principles of intercession, principles of prayer that will help us get some breakthrough, help us get some answers, help us get some direction for our lives for this next year so that we can connect with the Lord in a stronger way, so that we can connect with people in a stronger way. And see the kingdom of God come. So let me pray for you. Then we're going to go into a song. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you would help your people. Help me. Help my family. Help everyone listening tonight. Every man, every woman, every teenager that's listening. Father, that you would work in their hearts. Bring them to a place, Lord, of obedience to your word. Bring them to a place of having a right attitude towards people, having an attitude of gratitude towards you, 
and allowing your Holy Spirit to come in and bring healing and wholeness. Father, I pray for a restoration of things that are broken and lost and destroyed, that you would begin to make what seems impossible possible. Lord, we just thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Take it up, take, take, take it up Jesus, well 
this is a good way to pray is pray through the Psalms. Pray through the Word. You know, remember earlier I talked about, and if you weren't here, we talked about, if you weren't listening earlier, um, reminding God of His Word. See, intercession, being a biblical intercessor, being a biblical watchman, taking the place of prayer, taking the place of intercession, means kind of like being God's secretary. And when I say God's secretary, what does the secretary do? It re, uh, if you've been a secretary or had a secretary or understand the role of the secretary, a secretary reminds God of his, or reminds their boss of his appointment, reminds him of his schedule, reminds him of his meetings, reminds him of his words and the things that he has drawn up, his proposals and these different, uh, at times they may even write up his speeches and outline his speeches to remind him of his word. Now as an intercessor, one of the roles, one of the jobs as an intercessor is sort of like being God's secretary. Now it's not that God can't remember what he says. God has no problem remembering what he says. But see, God wants us to cooperate with him. And all throughout the word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, you see these men and these women constantly praying, interceding, and reminding God, standing on the promises of the Lord. And now God responds favorably to his word. And so one of your jobs as an intercessor is to be a secretary. Go throughout the Bible. And look at God's appointments, look at God's schedules, look at God's promises concerning the things in your life, things that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, things that people have confirmed to you through prayer or, or through the Word of God throughout your lifetime, the things you've written down in your prayer journal, whatever they are, remind God of the things that He's declared. God responds favorably to His Word. Sometimes you say, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say when I give you the place of prayer. Just begin to read God's word and turn those words that you read. Read them out loud. Read the Bible out loud and begin to turn some of those verses into prayers. Go through the Psalms and turn some of those Psalms into prayers. And if you're not sure what to do, just pour out your heart to God as if he's your father, as if he's your friend, because he is. But just talk to him. See, as we begin to remind God of his promises, God responds and actually answers those things, actually responds favorably to those things. You say, well, I feel like my prayers don't get answered when I ask God for this and that. Well, what is God asking for? When we begin to pray what God is looking for, we begin to pray what God wants, things that God wants, all of a sudden God begins to manifest over the things that he wants. Do you know one thing I've learned? If you begin to honor God and what he wants, as long as it's something that doesn't dishonor him or something that doesn't uh, hinder or delay his plans and purposes, when you honor God and what he wants, he'll start honoring you and what you want. 
when you start heeding to God's plan, he'll start looking over and caring for your plan. One of the things When we talk about biblical praise We can begin to pray the Psalms And again I talk about that thanks and giving praise Very important key in worship and intercession The other one is reminding God Declaring and decreeing what the Lord has said. We talked about Psalm 2 earlier. It says, I will declare and decree, Psalm 2, verse 7, I will declare and decree what the Lord has said unto me. Then he says what basically the Lord says. And I'm just recapping a little bit. I'm going into a little more detail and kind of going to a few other places with this, but I just want to paint a picture. I want to burn it in your heart. The importance of praise, the importance of worship, the importance of meditating night and day on the Word of God. Why? It sounds like such a chore sometimes. It sounds like such a discipline. But you know, when you learn to experience God's presence through the power of praise, it will change you on the inside. And praise and worship and singing songs, whatever it is that you do in your place of worship, won't seem like such a chore, but it will become a delight. It'll go from a discipline to a delight and a desire. You'll desire it. And then you'll delight in it. Listen to this. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing praise unto him. Talk ye of his wondrous works. Verse 2 says, Sing unto him. If you remember Acts chapter 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. This is verse 25 of chapter 16. Paul and Silas didn't sit around singing songs to each other in jail. They sang praises unto God. Just like they sang praise in the Old Testament, these guys were singing praise unto me. Look at chapter 13 of Acts. Five of the brothers of Antioch were prophets and teachers. Barnabas and Saul were two of these guys. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost did separate Barnabas and Saul for the work. Verse 2 says they were ministering to the Lord. What do you suppose they were doing? They were praying and praising God. They were singing praises to God. They were ministering unto the Lord. It says they were ministering to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. These guys were worshiping and praying and seeking God. And when they ministered unto the Lord, the Holy Ghost spoke. See, they, they created and cultivated an atmosphere that was conducive for the, for the Word of God to come forth. The Holy Spirit to lead and guide them. See, God can speak to us. But we need to cultivate an atmosphere that brings the manifested presence of God around us, around us, or among us. We need the manifestation of His presence. Just as much as we need the Holy Spirit in us when we get saved, 
We need the glory of God and that that outward manifestation presence It brings the freedom it brings the confidence Psalm one of six one says praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for his good and mercy and there's forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his good and mercy and there's forever. Psalm one oh seven. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm one oh six and one oh seven constantly saying Give thanks to the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm on the way. I will sing and give praise even to, even with my glory. My heart is fixed on God. I'm on the way. Awake, awake myself early. I will sing praise, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praise among the nations. For the mercy, for your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the clouds. Notice that the psalmist says, I will sing praise to you. Let not anyone know about it. He says, I will praise thee among the people. He doesn't say he's going to sit around quietly and keep it to himself. Now he says, I'm going to sing praises. I'm going to let people know about it. And there's something that happens. When you begin to sing praises, there's something that happens when you begin to declare the things of God. Our praise pleases God. And when we look at these songs, like I said, God inhabits the praise of his people. It means he lives in our praises. So I'm going to just kind of draw back there for a minute. So basically this this covers the church collectively in God's sanctuary. This covers the personal believer just seeking God on his own. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the place where God dwells. When you gather with other brothers and sisters, there is a corporate manifested presence. There's when two or more are gathered out in the midst. But it's time to praise God and get in his presence and build a confidence. And as we gain confidence with God, Begin to stand on his word. Remind God of his word. Declare and decree his word. Begin to pray the scripture. Pray the word of God. See, God, there's a certain power that's released when we pray the scripture. When we pray the word. All right, so we're going to break for a quick song real quick.
All right, we're back. So we were talking about reminding God of his word. You know, um, in, in talking about that, one thing that's kind of a prerequisite of that, if you're going to remind God of his word, you need to have a prerequisite or you need to have a knowledge, you need to have an understanding of God's word. You need to understand God's promises. You need to be acquainted with the precious book of God. You know, you got to get to know your weapon before you use it. You don't just pick up a machine gun and start firing it. When you train in the military, before you start firing a machine gun, they have you take the machine gun apart and put it back together. Why? They want you to get familiar with it. So when you use it, you have a full understanding of how it performs, how it works. The Word of God is like a weapon. Bible equates it to a sword. Okay? Just like you've got to have oxygen to breathe, you've got to really have the Word of God for prayer. If you're going to claim His promises, then you better understand His Word. You better... Believe it. The Bible says God's word will not return empty, but it will accomplish the purpose where he sends it. Isaiah 55, 11. We need to begin to declare and learn where to send his word, what to declare the purposes and the promises so that they come back full and return. They give us a return. Our prayers get answered. Take time to get to know your weapon well. Train your mind. Look, here's ten reasons you can know the Bible is the Word of God. Look, because of its amazing unity, amazing unity, number one, there's a unity in the flow indestructibility. Listen, this book has been preserved, the Old Testament, for 6,000 years. New Testament. At least two. Let's think about this. Thousands of years. Historical accuracy. You can check the writings of the Bible and its historical accuracy compared to any ancient writings and its historical accuracy. In the Bible, line upon line proved to be more accurate. The Bible has scientific accuracy. Listen, we're talking about accuracy here. It's also got prophetic accuracy. It prophesied and predicted and declared the word of the Lord did through the writings of the Bible, through the writings of these prophets and different people in the word. And then these things came to pass years and thousands of years later and are still coming to pass even to this day. Number six, because of its reliability of the copying process, the way that they copied things, very reliable because of its universal appeal. Think about it, the Bible appeals to people who don't even believe it and they just believe it as a uh, poetry book. Or a history book. They don't even 
Jacob is to be the living word of God. Number eight, it's amazing circulation. It's been circulated more than any book in the earth. Absolute honesty. It's absolute honesty. Number nine, it is truth. And number ten, it's power to save. Countless testimonies all over the earth of people that have had encounters with the God of the Bible. What am I saying? We need to learn how to join prayer. We need to learn how to take the word and take prayer and mix them together. Praise God. Well, listen. If you abide in me in my word, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatsoever you will, Ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done unto you, John 15, 7. There's a vital connection between the word and prayer. Vital. Uh, praise God. So how are we going to remind God? We have to know an understanding of the word. Well, I think we're going to start wrapping it up. We're talking about reminding God of his word. And we need to realize that that's one of our tasks. One of our tasks. And this is one of our goals. So it's your turn. Time to take the bullets and load your gun, so to speak. Time to start studying and meditating on the Word of God. There's different ways you can do this. Take a chapter a day and just mull over that chapter. It'll take you a few years to finish if you do it that way, but you got to start somewhere. You could take three chapters a day and then four on Sunday. Big commitment. Maybe four on Saturday since church on Sunday. Or however you want to do it. Three and a half chapters a day. Whatever. Three and a quarter. And that'll get you through the whole Bible in one year. Or you can read 40 chapters a day. And that'll get you through the whole Bible every month. Some people like to read one psalm or one proverb and five psalms every day. Then they get through the, the whole book of Proverbs, the whole book of Psalms every month. So they get familiar with praying through. I would suggest you might start there just to develop some prayer or go out and, and get or type in online prayers of the Bible. And begin to pray through the scriptures that way. Or go out and get a promise book that's got different topical subjects. 
Whenever you've got certain things you need to pray about, you've got word, you've got ammunition. But see, it's time for you to, to load up your gun and start to remind God of his word. You've got a couple wisdom and faith. Keep loading and shooting until the knowledge of the glory of God fills the earth and the waters cover the sea. So whether you apply these to your personal life or your family, your congregation, your city, or nation, all the principles are the same. When you remind God of his word, and we'll get into some of those a little deeper uh, tomorrow, and then we're going to go ahead and kind of go into one of the other, one of the next intercessory tasks. But I would say typically there's there's about four or five major roles, intercessory roles, the tasks that intercessors or prayer warriors or whatever you want to tell them that really play or should play. And uh, tomorrow we're going to wrap up uh, our time. Basically, right now we're talking about the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God night and day, confessing the Word of God, declaring and decreeing the Word of God, reminding God of His Word. Like I said, whatever principles, however you apply these, meditate on the Scripture. Let the Holy Spirit speak a promise to your heart. Then take the two-edged sword, the written and the spoken word, and you begin to pray it. Pray it back to God. Begin to speak it back to God. Like I said, go get one of these promise books and begin to pray these things to the Lord. And as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to declare the things of God in power. Listen. In the kingdom of God, little keys open big doors. And there's little principles, little scriptures out of a whole book. You can take one or two little scriptures and have major breakthrough in your prayers just by understanding the principles and the power that are in that word, in the word of God, in your Bible. So... We're going to remind God of his word. We're going to be faithful intercessors. We're going to be faithful prayer warriors. We're going to become secretaries for God and remind God of his appointments and his word and his promises. Begin to go through the calendar that's in scripture and begin to declare and decree the things of God until we see them manifested here in the earth. So hallelujah. Listen, this is International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we'll be back again tomorrow night, same time, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can tune in uh, on Blog Talk Radio or check out our website, www.prayerinternational.org. Or you can always uh, email us to prayerinternational.gmail.com. Father, we just ask for your blessing. Father, we just ask. Your blessings, Father God, over every person listening tonight. Father, your will be done and your kingdom come now. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, help us to stand on your promises and know that you are not slack. You are always on time. Your promises are yes and amen. 
And Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness now, Lord. And we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.